0: It's Tuesday, September 10th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Dave Meyer, and from Million Dollar Portfolio and Motley Fool Special Ops, Mike Olson. Happy Tuesday, gents. Hello.
1: Thanks Happy for being. Tuesday.
0: Uh, we're going to talk oil. We're going to talk McDonald's. We're going to talk Apple. Uh, but you know, as uh, Tony Kornheiser says, every once in a while the news fairy just drops a little package in your lap first thing <laughs> in the morning, and that was the case today because the Dow Jones Industrial Average which is comprised of 30 stocks, uh, announced that three of them will be changing as of September 28th. Gone are Bank of America, Hewlett-Packard, and Alcoa. In are Goldman Sachs, Nike, and Visa. It's the first time since 2004 that 10% of the index was turned over. Anything really strike you here? You know,
1: all right. So I saw this headline this morning over my coffee. And to me, all it does is it it highlights the absolute absurdity and irrelevance of the Dow in the first place. (laughs) Um, You know, so for for those folks that are not index gurus, the Dow is a price-weighted index, meaning that it is an average of the stock prices, not the market values, of the companies that comprise the index. And so... The funny part is the Dow folks said they removed Alcoa, Bank of America, and Hewlett-Packard because their stock prices are too low. So, you know, even if you were to believe that the day-to-day index price movements are representative of the state of the economy or markets, you know, which I don't, but that's another story altogether. This only serves to exacerbate the problem um, because, uh, you know, you're talking about a $5 stock price says nothing of A company's prospects relative to 100, they could just have, you know, 20 times fewer shares. So that was kind of funny to me. And I'm not really sure that Goldman or Visa or Goldman in particular says anything of the state of
2: the economy. Don't they just like move paper? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to disagree 100% on the Goldman co- uh, comment. If we look at what's driving the economy, it's the 1%, not the
0: 99%.
2: So get Bank of America out of there and put <laughs> Goldman in.
0: I mean, w- when, you, when you do think about mergers and acquisitions, which has been a big part of the overarching story of 2013 for the stock market, Goldman is certainly part of that. Uh, I guess, you know, Jim Cramer was on CNBC this morning and saying, look at Nike. That's really a play on China. So
1: I don't know. I think Nike's representative. Visa, the one thing that's kind of curious about this is why do we need Visa and Amex in the index? I mean, sure, they're harbingers of consumer spending. But if you wanted to go ahead and get the widest sort of survey of the state of the economy and markets, I don't know why you need both
0: of them in there. It seems like, all things being equal, you would rather... See, wake up and see that a stock you own has been added to the Dow Jones. Because if nothing else, it is a slight short-term bump up yep. because you've got indices, you've got – God knows how many funds out there (laughs) that are just buying the Dow index, that sort of thing. So there is going to be a short-term bump. But it also seems like if you work at one of these companies, it's a (laughs) little bit of validation. It's a feather in your cap. Whereas if you're Meg Whitman at Hewlett-Packard, you were having a really great 2013 (laughs) until this happened. Until this happened.
2: It's interesting. uh, There actually is some research on the S&P. Um, I don't know if it's been replicated in the Dow, but that these that these short-term bumps actually carry through; they persist.
0: Right. So that could happen to uh, that. That's possible with this smaller index. Let me give voice to our colleague on the other side of the planet, Joe Mager, who weighed in on Twitter, essentially saying, "Hey, look, why not Google? Why not Berkshire Hathaway?" So, uh, as though he were putting the question to you guys, if if you're looking. At a financial company, they're looking to boot out Bank of America. They choose Goldman Sachs and Visa. Why not Berkshire Hathaway? Well, I
2: I would say if you really look at the name, it's the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and Berkshire Hathaway actually has a number of industrial businesses. So I'm you know I'm going to go with yeah. Why isn't it in there? You're siding with Uncle Jones Yes.
1: Uh, you know I think that if we're trying to really go ahead and get a company that that really measures the level of economic activity. Berkshire Hathaway does a good job, but from a financial perspective, the bulk of its financial businesses are property and casualty insurers. And so that's not really a like-for-like comparison. Um, I do think it is a good measure of the state of the economy, but not within the context we're observing here. Um, As for Google – Sure, I guess. I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion. Well, I think. I
2: think if we look at that was where, the, that was the verbal equivalent <laughs> of shrugging your shoulders. I like, think. If, I think if we look at uh, you know uh, what Google stands for in the economy, I think that would be another good representative. Um, you know, it is. It is still a a new a new economy. Uh, type of company. And that is the direction that our economy tends to be going.
1: Right. And that's, I think you raise a good point, which is that the Dow Jones and industrial average, <laughs>
2: we are not yeah, that's, an that's
1: industrial long gone. <laughs> I, and We are much less an industrial world than we were however many years ago when the Dow itself
0: was formulated. I got to say, I feel a little bad for the people at Alcoa because from where I sit, <clears throat> Alcoa had two sort of bona fides going for it. One was it kicks off the official start of earnings season. And two, it was in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And they have and the now, ticker
1: A. Yeah. And one, <laughs> uh, one of those has
0: been taken away. So yeah. I, I feel a little bad for Alcoa. Uh, I don't
1: think they're any less relevant, actually. Aluminum. No. Aluminium, if you will. Uh, very, very relevant. You're still going to use a lot of that. It is a measure of many things.
0: President Obama is addressing the nation tonight from the Oval Office. The topic is Syria, and this morning oil futures down around 3% on the news that the Syrian government had accepted a proposal from Russia to give up its chemical weapons to avert a potential military strike from the U.S. We talked about this last week on the Motley Fool Money radio show. Bill Mann weighed in. I'm curious, Mike, since you watch a lot of industries, oil being one of them when you sure. see something like this what goes through your mind um, does, it, does it seem reactionary <laughs>
1: nothing goes through my mind absolutely <laughs> nothing it, it it's really the spike in oil prices on account of the Syria crisis and the subsequent decline is just absolutely inane to me Syria is a zit on the behind of the worldwide oil market it means absolutely nothing from a supply standpoint and longer run You know, your impression of oil markets or oil prices shouldn't be impacted by this development. Oil was expensive before this, and even with today's decline, it still is. The two drivers of oil prices are demand and the cost of extracting it from the ground. Demand is likely to remain relatively flat, and oil prices trade at a considerable premium to the cost of pulling the last barrel from the ground right now. That's probably 80-something bucks. So when you're looking at $105 oil or $110, whatever it is, that's a little long in the tooth to me.
2: Um, it's I, I'm I'm trying to remember the study that I read, but I'm pretty sure that um, it, I'm pretty sure it was interest rates. Where ninety five percent of interest rate movements were expectations, and only five percent were fundamentals. I th- I do think the oil markets. Are skewed somewhat like that. There's always something. You know, there's always some emotional component uh, driving the uh, uh, driving the oil prices up and down. Uh, But you know, I will agree with Mike that fundamentally it should be based on those two things. But it's not always right.
1: I mean, the big picture here is if Iran, if there is something with that, they are a meaningful contributor to global oil supply. That being said, in the short term, I think you can be pretty sure that the Saudis will go ahead and pick up the slack, they understand that they need oil prices to remain at a threshold where they're relatively high, but there's not significant demand destruction because they're too high. So I don't really worry about that in the short or long run.
0: McDonald's same-store sales in August rose nearly 2%, and getting the headline, Dave, better-than-expected results in Europe well, that's just a that's amazing. It is kind of amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> Why are they buying
1: coffee in Europe? I mean, one of the headlines was they're buying coffee from McDonald's. Who goes there? Who goes to Europe and buys coffee from a McDonald's? Europeans, I guess. Well,
2: I guess if you're, uh, you know, if if you're a European and you've uh, you've been feeling the pinch of your economy, maybe that's the only place you can afford to buy coffee.
0: <sighs> is but, this is this something that you look at and think, "Hey, this may if if this is an indication of anything because we can joke, as we have in the past, about the, the quality of McDonald's food, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is tens of thousands of locations around the world, and to the extent that any sort of quick-serve, fast-casual company is going to be an indicator of the economy in any one region, McDonald's is as good as anybody else. And I'm wondering if you look at this, Dave, and think, wow, if this is turning around, if it's better than expected in Europe for McDonald's, does that mean it's better than expected for Starbucks and potentially others?
2: Well, that's a good question. Because if we look at the difference between those two particular companies that you talked about, McDonald's and Starbucks, mm-hmm. there may be a trade down with uh, – more of a trade down with McDonald's than somebody like Starbucks, which is does demand pre- a little more premium pricing. So – I'm not sure about the signal just yet because they were coming off of a negative comp the previous right. month. Right. Um, so it could just be a, a one-time thing. But if we see more trading down, maybe that's a sign that you know, the, 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 the belt hasn't completely tightened
0: uh, around that area just yet. It's like we saw the results from Yum! Brands on Friday where same-store sales in China were down <laughs> 10%. But the expectation was they were, you know, but the previous <laughs> month they were, all, they were down 13%. So it's like, oh, well, it's not quite as bad as we had hoped. Right. I mean, I th- it's really hard to say right here. The market is cheering this because
1: McDonald's has had a tough run on same-store sales. And they're wondering whether or not they have their product mix right. They've lost touch, whatever you can't really infer much from a month's worth of sales. It could be a trade down, as Dave says. It could be that, oh, you know, maybe the lower income consumer is feeling a little bit cheerier in Europe. We don't really know. To the extent this represents a sustained improvement, that's good because it shows that management doesn't have their heads in the sand. Long run, McDonald's, they've been one of the quick service restaurants. Franchisees that has been most in touch with their consumer, and they are obsessive about testing products. So I don't really worry about that. If you like the shares before, you like them now. I don't think they're value priced. Uh,
2: on on that note of knowing their uh, knowing their customers, they are rolling out um, some new products. So the steak is going to be a part of all the breakfast sandwiches now. There's some back and forth between the analyst community about whether or not that's a good idea, given that those prices can fluctuate. Um, the other thing that I had to make mention of is the Blitz box.
0: What is that? The I, Blitz box is, is
2: a family value meal tar- a- targeted for NFL Sundays. Um, <laughs> what am I getting in so my So you're getting box? you're getting quarter <laughs> pounders, um, you're getting quarter <laughs> pounders, chicken McNuggets, fries and drinks, almost 3000 calories worth of food oh. for your family.
1: Uh. Yeah.
2: Hey, so we'll see. You know, again, these these guys know what their
0: customers want. So we'll, we'll, they we'll see. They're
1: blitzing. What th- <laughs> There's a full-scale assault on health. That's what they're blitzing. I was going to say, um,
0: that's that still sounds more palatable to me if I'm with a group of people. That still sounds more palatable to me than the Burger King French fry burger. Have you seen these commercials? <laughs> i that. Oh. But it's all about taste. Yeah. I- <laughs> It's it's yet another indication that uh, the best the best part
2: is the little girl going. They stole my idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, good luck, Burger King. Um, we are taping this Tuesday morning. It's still a couple of hours away before the Apple event begins. We will talk about this in greater detail tomorrow, but I'm just curious. One thing you guys are watching, there are reports of they're going to come out with the new iPhone 5S, uh, the iPhone 5C, a cheaper iPhone, colors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What is one thing that you're going to be watching for out of this event? Uh, I want to know
2: about the 5C. Um, and the reason is, I think if you look at their track record of selling phones in emerging markets, it's not very good right now. Mm-hmm. And if they can find the right balance of uh, maintaining what the Apple brand stands for at a lower price point in order to go after that market I think that could be a big event. That's what I'm looking for. Mike, I think you I,
1: I'm also watching the 5C, and I'm watching it for different reasons. There has been an interesting sort of convergence between Apple and the competition, Android, so on and so forth, where Android phones, they've been coming in at much cheaper price points, but they've been closing the gap on quality. And so from a form factor standpoint, you're not really looking at a dramatic difference. I wonder the extent to which the 5C, is this a grab on emerging markets, or is it Apple's acknowledgment that, you know what, we're looking at diminishing returns right here, and we have to go ahead and give some on price to get that volume to retain our market share. This is a hard business. You have to continuously reinvent yourself and present the shiniest, newest, best widget. and so. I, from a behavioral standpoint, I don't know what this says about Apple and its markets, how management thinks about them.
0: All right. To be continued, Mike Olson, Dave Meyer. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Anne Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.